Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Another two a week we got going on here. You guys heard Owen Reese and I earlier in the week discussing the Wisconsin Spring roster breakdown along with some offensive line uh, previews and uh, defensive line previews for that matter. And now we are here. It is March Madness. We are right now recording on Wednesday evening. Hope to get this up early Thursday at the latest. It is March Madness and Drew Hom and I, this is a March Madness edition of the Big Roast, which should only make it even crazier than what it normally is. Drew, how are you doing? And who, right, right off the bat, who you got winning it all? Well, first of all, I don't like that college basketball thinks they can limit my madness to one month. I, uh, I'm mad all the time and I won't just do it during March to lead off though, (laughs) who I have winning it all in honor of, uh, my friends, Paul Moeller and Nick Medine, who nobody listening probably knows. Uh, I have Xavier winning it all this year. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. I'll say I got Virginia. Even though that guy got hurt? Yeah. Yeah, I got... Yeah, I got... Who did I have out of that? Isn't he their, six, isn't he their sixth man? Yeah, the sixth man, yeah. Uh, He's I an make, important player, Jake. I don't I, know. I, I changed make, Virginia. You're, you're making me change. You're making me... You know what? I'm sticking with it. Let's go Virginia. Let's go Tony Bennett factor. Right. Let's make it happen there. Um but I do, you know, on that note, even before we get into March Madness, let's talk uh, Wisconsin news. Andy Van Vliet tweets out yesterday on Tuesday afternoon, late afternoon, about that, how he was going to, you know, he's going to, he's decided to transfer and leave the men's basketball program. And uh, he was part of the five-man class of 2015 you know where only two right now really consistently contribute where it's Khalil Iverson and Brevin Pritzel at least this year and you know it's it's a you look at his message and who he thanked and then also just you know just his production and in and, and just what with this you know this year only what 17 games played uh, it's 3.4 points and in, in just over a rebound a game it's a, you know, you wish Andy well, obviously. And I didn't only had a chance to talk to him, honestly, once uh, in my time covering the basketball team. Uh, and, you know, you, you hope he's, you know, he finds a great home in Division One. But uh, what did you, you know, like, what do you make of this situation with, with the Belgian and, and now uh, heading elsewhere? Uh, I, I mean, it's for the best for both parties. He wasn't going to play next year for the Badgers. And quite frankly, like if you're him, why would you want to be here still? I know some fans have been giving him a hard time on the old the old tweet box, and that sucks. I I am guilty of yelling at him at my TV, but you know after the game is over, it's like why am I yelling at college kids? I'm a, a grown up with a mortgage. I should be yelling at politicians. <laughs> So I, I too hope he finds a a better home. Like the the physical skills are so intriguing. Seven feet tall, he can shoot. I mean, he didn't play defense like a seven foot tall guy, which was frustrating. Nor did he rebound like a seven foot tall guy, which was even more frustrating. So 
I don't know. I hope it leads to the Badgers getting a grad transfer. Uh, maybe someone who can pair with Ethan Happ down low. A stretch four would be super cool. I don't know how many of those are floating around there on the grad transfer market. But maybe if we could just sign somebody, you know, like Kristaps uh, Porzingis or uh, somebody in that mold. I know we've had trouble with tall white Europeans recently, but Latvia is clearly better than Belgium when it comes to basketball. So, uh, you know, when it comes to just you know looking ahead, then you know with you know with the we won't you know hopefully we'll have Jim Polzine on the show in a couple of weeks. I talked to Jim earlier today during uh, Wisconsin's pro day, and uh, you know we'll talk about that. Uh, hope maybe next week if we get a chance to just due to time uh, on my hands uh, with that, but. You know, looking with this NCAA tournament, you know, are are you I mean with Wisconsin? Obviously, is Wisconsin those that are Wisconsin fans? They are not. You know, maybe they're not as amped per se, but there's still so much excitement. Uh, just and, and I think Wisconsin fans, you and I talked about it last week, where there's an opportunity here for fans to kind of sit back and just enjoy the games and not have to root for particular, you know, like oh well this team should lose so they advance and then Wisconsin has someone to play here and here. But you know, I, I think if fans can actually sit back and watch and enjoy a, a tense game where you know a 5-12 matchup that you know where or a 6-11 or an 8-9 or you know you've seen other crazy things happen i think people are just going to be able to enjoy this tournament yeah i'm this is the least like invested i've been in an ncaa tournament in two decades and i couldn't be more excited about it it's going to be so much fun to just watch the games when they're on and hope they're all super close or some guy I've never heard of scores 35 points and beats Kentucky. Like I, I want all of that to happen. I am cheering for the best possible stories and I want teams that are rivals to play each other later in the tournament. And I just want this to be the best March madness ever. Oh, well let's not, let's take that back. The best March madness ever would be if Wisconsin wins a national championship, but I want this to be the second best March madness ever where there's just craziness and the final four is awesome and the title game ends on like a full court blindfolded buzzer beater that's even better than that Villanova one <laughs> from a couple of years ago. And you know you have the you know you know how do you want to break this down in your opinion? You know we didn't do much. I'm, I'm I'll be perfectly honest. We didn't do much much prep work where it came to like what do you want to do? Well, you know let's let's figure this out you know piece by piece. So this will be great podcasting. Where but let's start with you know what. What do you want to start with? Do you want to start with regions? Do you want to start overall with the talk Big Ten uh, with the four teams that are in there or or who maybe was should have been in, like a Nebraska or a Penn State, or if maybe they shouldn't have been? Uh, where do you want to lead in this conversation, good sir? Let's, uh, let's talk a little Big Ten first. Uh, Nebraska should not have been in the tournament. They blow. Uh, Penn State probably should have been in the tournament. I feel kind of bad for them. I think they uh, would have been a fun team to see in there. As far as uh, the four teams that did make the tournament, four is such a pathetic number for the Big Ten to have in an NCAA tournament, by the way. That's uh, that's just awful. What a bad year. <laughs> uh, I originally, when I filled out my bracket, had every Big Ten team losing in the first round out of spite. But uh, <laughs> I, was, I was talked into having Purdue 
not lose in the first round. I do, however, have them losing in the second round to Butler <laughs> again out of spite. And uh, I think it'll hurt even more to lose to a rival like a team from Indiana. So uh, I hope the Big Ten has a terrible tournament. And I mean, honestly, South Dakota State, Ohio State, that's one of those classic 12-5 upsets right there. I could see that happening. South Dakota State, are they the Jackrabbits? Because that's such a badass nickname. <laughs> I uh, I really hope they win. And then who does Michigan play? Uh, Michigan. Montana. Yeah, Mich- yeah sure. Montana. 3-14 matchup. Montana's so good at uh, in football in the FCS, right? And I, I think they could uh, make some noise in basketball. Michigan sucks at football in the FBS, so it's pretty much a done deal that Montana's going to win that game. And then... Michigan State's good. Uh, they are, but they're going to lose to Bucknell. I, uh, Bucknell's from Pennsylvania, so I had to pick them, support the uh, the home state. I thought about having Penn beat Kansas, but I don't even think Kansas could be the first 116 one seed to lose. That's got to happen sometime soon, though, right, you think? You'd, you'd think at some point, right? There, ha- I mean, there the longer the time goes on, the more it, there's a chance in my opinion, but, but yeah, so no, it's, it, it's interesting to see. I, I'm, but I don't know. Like I don't, I don't see it this year, but, but we'll see how it goes there. Um, you know, I got Purdue for that matter. I got Purdue going to, you know, I have them going on an upsetting Villanova, you know, like I have them in the Oof. elite eight and I got them going to the final four. I just think the seniors, I think the big, I think the week off is going to help them. Call me crazy, I am, but you know we have a fact. You know, I just I feel like that senior leadership with that team, uh, the Isaac Haas at center, you know the you know Vincent and Carson Edwards. I just I think they have a chance. I think I think the week off with the Big Ten tournament can only help them, and I think that could be a good sign for things to come. Now if they come out flat, uh, coming up, uh, and you know what is that on the 16th, which is uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, or not tomorrow. It's Friday. I don't know. I don't know. I, but I, call me crazy, but I think Purdue has a chance. I don't. If you're going to talk about great senior leadership or whatever, I think that should take a backseat to tournament testedness. And Villanova is a team that has uh, won a national championship, but recently a number of the players on their current team have done that. And, uh, They've also lost to Wisconsin in awesome fashion. Very true. Recently. Very true. And uh, I think that's got to make them angry and they want to come back. And also, uh, not very many people know this, but uh, I attended Villanova for a semester. So you have to take that into account as well when you look at their basketball team 15 years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think Michigan can do do some damage potentially. Uh, I know Xavier's gonna be tough, but ah, yeah, Michigan State's gonna be. I mean, I got Kansas going. Yeah, no, 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 wait. I had Duke. I think I had Duke in the Final Four. I just it's just something I feel weird. There's that weird, terrible feeling. I have I Duke have a, too. I, I I have that weird pit in my stomach that Duke will upset Kansas. Uh, or not. I mean, not Duke's, really Duke's upset, got really. No, Duke's got such a talented team. They, they, it's they should be a little embarrassed that they're a two seed and not a one seed. Oh yeah, with Bagley and Grayson Allen, uh, every Wisconsin fan's favorite 
player, uh, for that matter. Oh, God. I, that, that guy. Are you kidding me? All right. Um, you know... <laughs> Make it, making me all angry here during the podcast, Jake. I have triggered Drew Hom. I did not know I could do that, but apparently I can. Uh, oh. But uh, then, I mean, on top of that, you know, let's let's then go. Let's look at the brackets themselves. Where uh, first weekend's matchups, you know, let's talk opposites. Who do you got? Who do you feel could make the upsets this week? Um, like I have South Dakota State. I think they could beat Ohio State. Uh. I don't know if this is really an upset, but I think Providence could beat Texas A&M in a 7-10 game. I have uh, whoever wins the game that's happening right now, the Arizona State-Syracuse game, I have the winner of that game beating TCU, a team that's played in those first four games since it's been invented or whatever has already is always won a game or two. So why not those two teams? Uh... New Mexico State is a team I've heard a lot about. I've never watched a second of them play any sport, but apparently they could beat Clemson. <laughs> and I guess I have I have Butler beating Arkansas. I just uh, the SEC has so many teams in this tournament. They can't all be good, right? Some of them have to be overrated. I don't know. That's that's my thought. That's my thought. Um but yeah, no, I'm intrigued by that Miami Loyola uh, contest uh, tomorrow, and then you know Creighton Kansas State I think will be interesting as well. But I'm just looking yeah, at Ohio State South Dakota State like I mentioned before with that upset special. I think it's gonna be interesting to watch those two face off. Um, I'm just looking at others and yeah, no, I, yeah, those are the ones that really stick out to me. Like I said, we'll obviously we'll see, we'll come back and we'll. Come back and do the big roast next week, saying how wrong we were on every single prediction we have. But, For sure. Um, when it comes to um, just let's go Final Four uh, out of the, or, you know, let's go Elite. No, let's go Final Four with this. Who, you know, who do you have in, you know, coming out of each region? I take it you have Arizona then, if it's not Virginia, had come out of the South. No, I actually have Cincinnati beating Arizona in the Elite Eight to set up a Final Four crosstown shootout with Xavier in the final four, mostly because I've never seen a fist fight on the floor during a final four game. And I think Xavier and Cincinnati could give that to us. Oh my, Oh my. Uh, so you have that. So then you have, okay, you have Xavier come out of the West and then the East, then you have you know, Villanova or no, you, I think you have Villanova then. Basically. I do. And then you have Duke. So those are the yeah. four that you have out of that. I mean, it's such a, a chalky group in the final four. I was reading some article on SBNation.com that was saying in like the last five or six years, there's been a seven seed or lower in the final four. So some like random team should make the final four, but hell if I know who it's going to be. So I'll pick good teams instead. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, any... Is there any Cinderella in this class, or in this in this edition, in your opinion? Is there anyone that, that could make that run? I feel like it's, it's Scotty and I on the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza talked about it last week or a couple days ago. I don't know if we do. I don't feel it. 
this year. But maybe it's just because I've been so focused on Wisconsin basketball because I cover it now that I haven't had a chance to really break down more basketball. But is there some team that you feel could make some run that's a lower seed than four? I mean, I've got Houston in the Sweet 16. They're a sixth seed, and I got Butler in the Sweet 16, again, out of spite. So maybe not the most <laughs> credible prediction. But otherwise, I, I don't really. I, I guess oh, I have Miami beating Tennessee to get to the Sweet 16. But I don't have any teams like that in the Elite Eight. The lowest seed I have, I think, is Arizona, and there are four. So, oh, no, that's not true. I have Florida as a sixth seed in the Elite Eight. Gotcha, 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 but, gotcha. But, like, can Florida really – Florida's not a Cinderella team. Like, I don't know. So, there's going to be a team. And I'm excited to find out who it is and pretend I knew it all along when we talk about this later. <laughs> uh, on that note, anything else from the tournament that's really popping out to you? I'm excited to see a bunch of these like NBA prospects play. Like, I hope Alabama wins their first game so Colin Sexton can play against Villanova. I think that'll be cool. I want Trey Young to play against Duke in the second round. There are a lot of fun games that could potentially happen, but otherwise, I'm excited to drink beer and watch upsets. Nice, nice. And for my work and my day job, I'm sitting. We have I have a couple. I have streaming set up all day, so that'll be nice and and fun and relaxing too. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun on that note. So um, on that note, Drew, um, anything else you want to take it before we take it home? Uh, it's my daughter's first birthday on tuesday happy so, birthday happy birthday yeah. and happy anniversary of being a parent thank you it's pretty exciting we're uh we're having a party the following weekend it's weird throwing a party for a one-year-old there's uh no one around her age coming to the party so that's gonna be awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> but i just i just like i don't get it my wife is starting to freak out about it and i'm like we're just like we're having people over it doesn't need to be a thing Right. No, I think, huh. yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, honestly, one-year-old parties are almost like more for the parents. Like, hey, you survived. Like, you, yeah, sure. You got through this and, you know, the, you know, the, the kid's still alive, you know, the, the, you know, your, your pride and joy there, you know, like Laura and I don't remember the, for the twins first birthday, we don't remember any of it. Uh, just sure. because, you know, it just the first six months, like Laura says, she remembers everything. I doubt that, but I don't remember the first six <laughs> months of anything, anything from the first six months. Cause that's when I started working on walk on this way. And I don't remember Jack squat oh, after what, what we did, you know, I honestly don't. And it's hilarious, but yeah, but no, it's, you know, like I said, those parties are, you've, and you, there's so much work and effort put into it. Uh, you know, desserts and, and finger foods, if you do that, or if it's going to be a full-fledged meal, what are you going to do? How many people? Who do you invite? It, yeah, yeah, we, we went through that twice. Yeah, ugh. I, I don't get it. I'll never get it. Uh, the only person I'm buying a present for on my daughter's like first birthday is my wife because I'm like, thanks for being great. My daughter doesn't need any more presents. I buy her stuff all the time because I'm a because <laughs> I'm a sucker. You're but, a good father, sir. You're a good well, father. We'll just we'll go to Target and she'll like point at something and I'll be like, oh cool, do you like that? And then I'll give it to her to look at and she'll put it in her mouth and I'll be like, well, I guess we have to buy this now. Exactly. <laughs> I'll never learn. Uh, it, 
it happens, man. It happens to the best of us. Because look at me. We're looking at buying a dog or adopting a dog, and you're going to be getting the dog tomorrow. So that's going to be something. Uh, Kid, but, kids are going to love that. Yeah, they will love it. And we we went over to the the uh, the foster uh, dog home's place, and they love the dog. So I think we made a right choice. Uh, I will let you know once they you know once the dog eats this here microphone probably. But uh, we'll go from there when that happens. But on that note, Drew, uh, another big roast, another successful one. And any advice you have to any of the March Madness participants, all the bracket-busting fanatics out there? Like the people who are watching or the people who are playing? Yes. Okay. To the people who are watching, I recommend getting a good buzz on early but keep it together and make sure you eat something throughout the day because you don't want to miss the late night games because who knows what's going to happen after dark and to all of you college basketball players who are listening uh shoot threes and do dunks and if you (laughs) take a mid-range jump shot i'm gonna be really upset with you (laughs) for for drew hom this is jay kokorowski